Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 477's After Show. Well, he's trying to keep up with us. Ryan Schweberger picks up another win this weekend. We're at 477, and he moves to 384. Yeah. Another win for Schwebby. Got us by seven. Another win. Harder for us to catch up if he keeps playing. We only do (laughs) one. Dude, we're going to have to have extra shows. That's right. (laughs) Every weekend he wins, we're going to have to have an extra show just to make sure we stay that much more ahead of him. Can we we make more Tuesdays? Yes. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, Making the most of it as I'm on the PDGA page. Saw Alden Harris along with Isaac Robinson taking a little trip to Spain. I did see that. Looks like fun along with Sapu Payu taking in a little action over there in Spain, uh, mentioning their first time being there. Pretty cool. Well, considering I think this year was their first time overseas at the European Open, that, yes, it would make sense that this was their first time to Spain. Yeah, just but it's a fair question to also follow up with and say, like, why? Is this is this continued probably, prodigy negotiations? I'm I'm assuming it ties into their to, to prodigy with Seppo and and the probably the prodigy tour and everything that's going on over there. Okay, I hope they have a good time. Uh, I don't have quite the right meme for it, and I probably won't get around to making it. Uh, and, and it's splitting hairs, maybe getting a little bit almost petty, but I guess that's the whole point of a meme, right? There is a lot of players who post and or have claimed, like Ricky last week. Excited for the offseason. Can't wait for the offseason. Give my body a break. All these things. Refill the mental well. Take some time off. Also, a lot of our top players, oh, here I am playing another course. Like, And, and I get it. It's casual. It's a totally different vibe. I'm not suggesting our players don't go out and play disc golf in the offseason. I'm not suggesting anything I of the sort. I think exactly what you're suggesting. And the I, I just found it funny because I feel like so many of our players rightfully have been saying, hey, I'm 
I'm tired. I'm beat down. I'm, re- I'm ready to be done. And then I think of seeing Alden and and Isaac in Spain, which is awesome cultural experience. It's not just about the disc golf, of course, but playing in Spain. I saw Adam Ho- Hamas posting today out there on a course playing. There was one or two of our other top pros that I saw out there playing in like a casual round. I get it. Casual is not the same, and they're not practicing for a tournament. It's just funny when you hear so many of them say, like, I'm done, I'm exhausted, I'm ready to curl up with a blanket and a coffee like Kristen. Kristen's got it <laughs> and right. And she, she's doing it right. And others are like, eh, I'm, I'm out here getting some golf in. <laughs> thought it was kind of funny. What else have we seen on the internets? Uh, if you have any other topics or questions or conversation pieces, please make sure you go ahead and put them into the YouTube chats. We can try and directly react or answer those as johnny does a quick search i want to say a couple things one uh i saw a release this morning as a prodigy dealer i saw a release this morning that prodigy has aligned with the uh or has gotten licensing rights to uh eventually all of the nhl teams so you're going to see some nhl co-branded or branded nhl uh, related discs and uh, stuff that they're working on. Who has that? Uh, Prodigy. Cool. So if you're an NHL guy, which neither Johnny nor I are, uh, very cool. Uh, I saw Gavin Babcock specifically say, this is awesome. Um, so obviously any NHL fans out there, uh, if you love the crossover, the tie-in, kind of cool. We haven't seen that done. I mean, earlier this year, we saw Discmania get official licensing, unlike most of the illegals, uh, get official licensing with the Grateful Dead earlier this year. Uh, we've seen, of course, Discraft do it with, uh, over Star there Wars. with Star Wars and Disney and whatever. D, uh, DD had the... DD had it with... Had the uh, Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. So we've seen things of this nature, but... Uh, I think this is one of, I feel, I have no idea what the pricing of that looks like or what any of that entails, any other um, details or obligations. But nonetheless, it crossed my desk or my inbox this morning. Um, I was just going to see if I had it in front of me. But yeah, something that's going to be available. So if you love that crossover, it is the NHL Collection. Uh, They announced a multi-year licensing agreement with the NHL to become the first disc golf partner of the NHL prodigy will produce branded discs featuring the league and all 32 team marks in Canada and the U S. So if you're a huge avalanche fan, so to speak, you could probably get a disc with uh, yeah. the avalanche. So I thought that was pretty cool. Certainly uh, of, of note for anyone out there. Uh, and I completely speaking of avalanches and mountains, one of our smashies who was out there on the board, Mike Jewell, uh, reached out to me today, and I saw he also chatted on here tonight, uh, is doing the what, Pacific Coast Trail, PCT, My which God. you nor I knew anything about until oh. I Googled it. Essentially, it looks like you start just just above the northern border of what Washington, you're in Canada, and you pretty much walk all the way down to Mexico. That's a long walk. A couple weeks? 20, no, 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 no. Five and a half months. Is wow. like average twenty six hundred miles, roughly. I, 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 I was thinking six to eight weeks, but no, wow. Yeah, five and a half months. Ooh. I think I read is the average. And now I'm an expert because I searched well, around sure. on the website for ten minutes. But uh, he, he, you have to apply for a permit and some passes and da 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 da. And there's obviously good times a year, bad times a year, all that other stuff. 
Uh, but Mike Jewell, who has done some commentary with me, he runs a YouTube channel uh, and does some coverage and such. I saw him having a rummage sale a few, like a week ago. I don't know. Anybody can have a rummage sale for any given reason. Thanks for giving I, your permission. But I'm just saying, like, and I didn't think that much of it. And now I'm putting a few more things together of, hey, he's really trying to liquidate probably because I don't think he's taken that half used uh, or that half put together a monopoly with him on his on his uh journey across probably the western not. coast so mike whenever you go which i think you said would be a few months yet best of luck to best you. of luck uh you were talking about nhl we can talk a little bit about mlb as well uh just as a reference diamondbacks we got a lot of players ricky was at the diamondbacks game yesterday i believe okay okay um, or was it two days ago i think i they, don't know I, mean, I think it was on saturday as he was there because he watched the loss, unfortunately. But Diamondbacks end up winning the final two games to get into the World Series where they're going to be playing the Texans. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So that's, that's so our World Series. Texans. <laughs> Texas Rangers. I was thinking football. <laughs> How old am I? Woo. Yeah. The Texas Rangers. Yeah, they've been the Rangers for a little Which while. Is, yeah, it's oh god, they've been yeah for a long time, <laughs> like a long, long time, Terry. Mm-hmm. Like since we were kids. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Because <laughs> yeah. who do you when you think of the Texas Rangers, who do you who do you put in your head? Uh, there's only one, Nolan, right? Yeah, Nolan oh, Ryan. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's, only, there's only I couldn't name another. one. I don't think I could either. <laughs> uh, Hernandez? No, Keith Hernandez didn't play for them. Uh, I know he was on the Mets forever, but uh, who am I thinking of? Um no no uh the the the, the catcher Mike Mike uh what's his name that ended up going to the Yankees Mike, for Mike Piazza yeah was he a was he on the Texas Rangers at one point mm. that's a random pull if I'm right on that that would be one hell of a pull he might have been uh, uh Yvonne, no Ivan Rodriguez that's who I might have been thinking of Adrian Beltre A Rod was a shortstop for them for a while yeah, for a while or for just once like. For a minute? Might have been just for a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, he was also uh, an Appleton Fox. Yeah. Back in the day. Okay. He was uh, I, got to come out of the Foxes for a while. No, I might have been thinking of... Raphael uh, Palmero. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Who, to be fair, not not too far different from uh, era-wise and whatnot from like a Keith Hernandez, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That that's where I was getting... Julio them. Franco would be right up our alley. Oh, yeah. I've got his rookie cards. So do I. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Yeah, the again for anyone screaming at either their their podcast or the video, Johnny nor I uh had hardly any tie to Texas Rangers or Ranger no. history, R- Ranger anything being in Wisconsin. No. Um just there's so many other teams that I feel like there's like a, an indirect tie to Texas Rangers like never. Like in any capacity, like if I don't have a story tying to them, like uh, albeit obscure, then they definitely are not um, uh, at the forefront of uh, much that we were thinking about. Yeah, the Rangers ended up beating the Astros. Mm. So it was an all Texas. I think they're from Texas too. They are. <laughs> if you count Houston as part of Texas, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what fight you you're trying to drum up there. <laughs> I don't either. But you're going to. I don't either. So. Uh, but yeah, so we got a bunch of uh, probably happy disc golfers because we got a, a large contingent of, of course. disc golfers. And uh, AB actually has his jersey that's very much modeled after the Diamondbacks. 
Okay. I'm sure AB will probably be trying to score himself a World Series ticket. Okay. I like it. Uh, let's read. Dondo says, Texas Ranger, such an amazing disc. Love the Lone Star Plastic. For me, it's the consistency. It's just the consistency of the consistency. Yeah. Like, they're always consistent. It's the consistency of the Speaking of which, and we kind of glossed over this earlier, uh, one of the early and only off-season things we've already seen transpire, none other than Carter Aarons going to Lone Star. So Yeah, he announced a couple weeks ago, like two weeks ago, that he was leaving DD, Mm -hmm. uh, and then there was no word on where he was going, and it was just announced yesterday or the day before, or maybe it was late last week. A couple days ago, at least, yeah. that, uh, That he's going to Lone Star. So I hope... Now, he's still relatively young. I think he's still under 18. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't know what his touring life is going to be, unless he can maybe do similar to maybe what Gannon did, do some remote school, and who knows. But I think it's a good grab from Lone Star. He's a very young and up-and-coming kid. He's already proven that he can play with the best of them. It's a consistency factor now. Mm-hmm. Which, if you want to go somewhere, you go to Lone Star for consistency. It says so in their commercials. Um, yeah, so Carter Aaron's going to Lone Star. I mean, not much to say. We'll see what his touring life looks like. This could be a big nothing burger for a year or two. But Yeah, I mean, it, it's all predicated on how much he competes and plays, exactly. right? That's what you're saying. I, I agree. Um, you know, if we see him out there playing in 25 events, obviously it's, there's, be a it's, it's a lot more impactful than, um, you know, if he stays largely regional and, and local to the Pacific Northwest, although he could be a superstar there, it will be less impactful versus seeing him at more and more events. All right. Um, yeah, through a penny putter, 400. I don't care what the putter is. Uh, he could throw a, a stack of pennies, or, or he could throw a whole roll of pennies or quarters, 400 feet probably, that if, it was a, if it was taped to the top of a disc. I'm not sure that it really matters, uh, the disc uh, whatsoever. And, and specifically, that's one thing that I think he's really leaned into that he loves is throwing putters a mile. Like, there's, he likes to throw big drives, mm-hmm. but like specifically being able to throw a putter a mile uh, is a is a pretty it's a fun skill. Yeah, not that we would know, but it could be. fun. I think I got a putter over three hundred once. Mm. <laughs> not in the last decade, it feels like downhill. Well, with a tailwind, <laughs> <laughs> and your bushnell might have been off. <laughs> I didn't bushnell back then. Are you kidding me? That's not how I rolled. <laughs> I paced that thing off. Yeah, you did. Every step was My five feet. My steps are yours. Yeah. <laughs> Every step was five feet. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, what else do we have on the board? I'm going to try and see if there's anything else. Uh, today she, okay, I'm sorry. Reading some of the things off the board. If you guys have any other questions, you're welcome to throw it in. Throw it in the chat, and we can kind of go from there 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 hasn't again like we said not a lot of news i think we're going to see a couple quiet weeks before we really start to see announcements coming from players on where they're going and some won't even announce till after the beginning of the year i believe we're supposed to see an announcement about the european tour in the next couple days maybe the next Mm. week uh i I think that now that the finale is over the european tour the, the et finale I have a feeling that that's going to probably roll out relatively soon. 
You know, that could be a day, that could be a week, but I bet we're going to see something like that come from the PDGA and the Euro, the Euro Tour as well as maybe the DGPT. Yeah, I think that's definitely some of the biggest news that is to come any day now. Still waiting. Is uh, what we're going to see for other events and how they're going to react. You know, we've seen us go in really hard on, you know, PCS being a silver event, then last year being a, a an elite event. And just events like that of growing and thriving. We saw, you know, as the Euro Tour wrapped up just this last weekend, where there's a chance for growth and where there's going to be some consolidation. I mean, there's clearly some differing opinions on the, as to how to go about promoting high-level European golf in the best possible ways, whether that's the extent of the tours themselves, the number of the tours, the uh, collaboration among any given events, post-production, live production. Like there are a lot of variables as we're all kind of testing the waters for those different events and those different scenarios. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I hope that that Europe can get their act together. And if they continue to have the two separate tours, coordinate them better so that we, we, so we see less overlap. That's kind of my hope that the that the Euro Tour and the European Pro Tour find a way to collaborate, so we have a more u- unified European tour. I don't know what the plan is, but any that's, UN treaties to sign or anything I don't believe any any UN treaties. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, I agree, uh, and that's what I think. It's it's a matter of like people f- still establishing themselves, but then finding their own way, but yet differentiating. And then when do you want to play nice and collaborate? And when are you like, no, I got this, whether that's ego or, or schedule constraint. Like, obviously we always talk about what it means to have a schedule here. Clearly when you're talking about uh, a number of neighboring countries, all trying to play nice, different organizations, different philosophies. There's just, there's so much that has to go into that. I don't envy their task at all. Matej and, and, and I think of Guru, I think of Brian Graham, I think of just all the people at play. I don't envy those headaches whatsoever. I can't even imagine. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, like you said, we'll see some announcements and some big things. I think I'm going to have a big announcement sometime around next week too, unrelated, but uh, that's the best tease you're going to get on that. All right. Uh, Hayes dude writes, Terry, huge fan. Thank you. Uh, did you agree with Brian Earhart's take on rangefinders on the Foundation podcast? He thinks they should only be allowed for practice rounds. Um, I feel as if, for, short answer is yes. I, I I could get on board with that. Longer answer is I think that worm is out of the can or the genie's out of the bottle, and we're not putting it back in. There is. I disagree. I think something like this you could. Put you back could. In. I just don't think it's going to be easy. And the and I'm not saying anyone's a cheater. However, there with technology, it is so easy to give us that information now and to acquire it and to display it and to offer it. That if somebody wanted to circumvent or skirt around rules. It's easier. It would be easier than ever before. And our last guest just said it. He said, we're going to add distance to the pin on the watch. So it just pops up. Whether it's a glance, whether it's a phone, whether it's intentional or not, Mm -hmm. it's just going to be, it's so easy for those things to happen. Would I be okay if it was 
if if it wasn't allowed or if it was abolished or banned or whatever, absolutely. I mean, Johnny and I are of the time frame in which rangefinders, albeit not common or nearly as accessible uh, as they are today, they were never allowed. They weren't allowed until just a few years ago. You explicitly could not use them on the course. And then they became legal. And that's, I, again, I just think with technology and what it's, GPSing has done and what watches and phones and, and other, just other random devices in a, in a, in a, inclusive of updating rangefinders and making those easier and cheaper and more accessible. I just, I think it's really tough. I, I'd be okay though, if they were not allowed, I'd be totally good with it. I would be okay with that if, if for whatever reason, but you also have to look at what type of impact is Bushnell having on the sport. If, If it was suddenly outlawed during rounds, does that hurt the, um, sponsorship? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Who are we beholden to? Right? Yeah, exactly. But, and like you said, it's almost impossible to now basically eliminate, eradicate, re- regulate this. Because, regulate. like you said, we have. If I'm sitting on my phone, you don't know if I'm playing bejeweled. You don't know if I'm playing uh, bedazzled, bedazzled, or thing jangled. Sure, you all love all those, things, all of those things. Or if I have Udisc open. If I have a little map open, if I'm sitting on the tee, I threw. I know I threw that tree. If I look and or I walk up, it's not like you said. It's on your watch. You glance and it says, "All right, you know, three eighty to the pin." Okay, that's. I mean, you at this point, I feel like it's just too difficult with all the other technology that's out there. Would it be great if we had like these cool caddy books and you went out beforehand your practice round and you were lasering different trees so you knew where they were and you're writing them in a little caddy book and or taking notes on your phone and your little notepad. Sure. All that would be wonderful. I don't know. Eh. I have other than the extra time it takes. I really don't have a problem with the range finders these days. And as Hayes dude and, and, and boogers both say that AirPods need to go as well. No, they don't like it. Everybody has the right to wear AirPods to avoid distractions. That's fine. And then Max says no sellies on the course. That's how we keep score. Literally, that's how you keep score and, now. Well, and, PDGA and, Live and UDIS. And that's you where I'm thinking we go to, well, let's just play pretend as money and we go to a, an extreme or not. Each group issued two dummy phones that give you cellular <laughs> but can only do the scoring apps. I, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there. This isn't it, that crazy. It's not that crazy. It's not likely, but it's also not but crazy. I think we're years away from that. But. You show up to the course, and or now let's say all four, you're issued four phones because we'll say Verizon is a sponsor. The group is issued four phones, and essentially it's locked down, like, a, like maybe either a kid phone mm-hmm. or if you're going to a library. It's locked down, and basically all it can get you to is PDJ Live and UDisc. Those are the two things that you can access. And so you can't bring your cell and phone you can't bring your cell phone. You can't bring your device. I mean, I, I'm if that if it went that way, I would have no problem with it. I don't think it's going to. I, I don't I, either. Like I, I feel like you're just it's you know, uh, be, yeah. There, there's no. I, I don't see a reason for it. I know people are are saying things like uh, it's unfair because it's a distraction. It helps distract you from distractions mm-hmm. or keep your mind off the game and. 
you know, you should be able to, great. Does that mean I, I can't bring a Sudoku book with me and sit and do Sudoku to keep track of? Do I need to be focused literally on my golf the entire 18 holes? I can't think or do anything else. It just, I believe it's a silly reason. And I'm not saying that those guys on our board are particularly saying it, but I know I've heard that, that, you know, oh, cell phones are, you know, they, they help you in distraction. It's not fair you're wearing earbuds when, you know, because you can listen to music and block out noise. Cool. I could put earplugs in too. Do I, sure. do you eliminate those? How about headphones? Do we have, what, what if we have a, a particular player who's on the spectrum that needs to wear them? Is that not right for them as well? I just feel like trying to um, eradicate all these things that avoid distraction is is just pushing us the wrong direction. Well, because you could, like you said, you can extrapolate that out to so many different mm-hmm. things, yeah, and whether that's Sudoku or just bringing a book to read, because yeah. you know you're going to be sitting on a backup on holes nine and twelve. You can and only you're like, read the PDGA <laughs> rule book. magazine yeah, or, or magazine, uh, <laughs> but not the digital version. You have to bring the actual hard copy with you. Um, you know, like you said, or a crossword puzzle. <laughs> I I don't think they're there. Uh, yeah, or or someone that says, well, like, yeah, I you know, I I bring sunflower seeds. Those essentially are my distraction. I'm not bringing them for the the nutrition. Uh, I'm bringing them for my nervous distraction, and that's why I eat and chew sunflower seeds. There's there's so many different ways. If you want to get really granular, you can really like extrapolate this out into so many other things. I don't know. Um, of course, anyone that's, we definitely believe in the situation that anyone that is then missing shots or, or is being oblivious to their card or a disruption to their card as a result of their headphones, obviously that should be addressed and or stroked or penalized all those things. I don't, I don't think there's any debate about that. It's just a question of, you know, should you be allowed to even get anywhere near that in the first place? I don't know. But yeah, if clearly if I have to say to you for the 13th time during the round, hey, what's your score? Because you're listening to your earbuds too loudly. Yeah, at that point, it does by then, way by then, it has certainly warranted a warning and or a courtesy violation. Yeah, if you're not paying attention to your to your opponent's throws, if you are off in la-la land, that is already addressed in the rulebook. You're, you have to you have to watch your competitors' throws. You have to be able to you know make rules callings and, and whatnot. But headphones, again, some people might consider it a competitive advantage. Others might not. Guess so, what? When I'm putting and that bass drops on my headphones, just as I drop, I'm, you know, that might be a distraction. I mean, is it an advantage that I'm deaf in one ear? Yes. I mean. I, just to read it exactly as it says on the board, uh, earbuds are definitely controversial if they're being used as a competitive advantage. Like that entire phrase to me is just in, incredibly subjective, right? Like yeah. if they're being used as a competitive advantage, what what does what could that even mean? And what exactly is the competitive advantage? Because what could be the competitive competitive advantage to one is a complete disadvantage to someone else. Like some people can't stand any noise or music. I don't want to hear somebody else's music. Yeah, that would be, that would be right. A, a so like violation. It, th- if you can hear someone else's music, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I understand there's, and I know this debate, by the way, just so everyone knows this debate has 
been around for as long, at least as long as wireless earbuds, and I'm sure before, oh, before that. before that. I remember playing <laughs> Am Worlds in Minnesota with a gentleman who wore headphones. Like, he had a Walkman. Yeah, I'm trying to... And, and I played with him. And huh. he, he just, he had his headphones on the whole time. Dave Jewell in Madison had his headphones Correct. on all the time. This dates back 30 years ago. Mm. Uh, yeah, 25 years ago. Yeah, he had just the, had a Walkman. It's, it's obviously much more... Prevalent much because more, of... Because of wireless headphones. Because a lot of people didn't like the wire. And I would... I remember wearing wired headphones, and mm-hmm. I'd run the wire through my under my shirt. Yeah, so it plenty get, of people did. So it wouldn't get in the way. But usually just you know, for casual rounds, I didn't usually use them because most of the time if I'm at a tournament, I'm there so rarely anymore. I kind of want to sit and chat with people. And I, I do think it's – it it's funny because I think if I played a lot of tournaments in a year, I could then feel like it would be le- it would be more comfortable for me to wear headphones once in a while. But with as few tournaments as I play – I feel like it's almost rude to wear headphones when you're, when you're sitting around with a card. I, I don't, I don't, cause I like, I like to sit at the hole, maybe write a backup chat a little bit. That's fine. But also I don't see a lot of these guys very often. Now, if I saw them every single weekend in and out, maybe I would want to wear headphones and not have to listen to Steve Held again. I was just going to say, <laughs> is it a competitive advantage when you're on a card and there's three people that are relatively silent? And just don't talk a lot. And then we've all been on a card where someone doesn't shut the F up. They're just a, a very overly talkative person. And they're, they mean no ill will. It's just they're, it's just them. How is it fair that first round I'm on a card with that guy who doesn't shut up and you're on a card with three people who hardly speak mm-hmm. and uh, make it a much more laid back casual round. Like you, it, 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 you, you just get into so many splitting of hairs and, and you further split hairs and I'm not picking the, on the you, Hayes, dude, but you say noise canceling. All right. I mean, are we getting into some elitist conversation about, well, you have the, you have the $119 AirPods and I can only afford the $48, you know, knockoff brand. <laughs> Mine don't have, air, you know, noise canceling. And like you're, we're just really starting to split a lot of hairs. Now, the one in way, my opinion, the one way I could see, and someone brings it up on the board, the reasoning for this would be safety. Sure, because you you do need to warn. I mean, you should warn someone if you're throwing it towards them. I don't, I don't believe it's anywhere in the book that you have to yell for if you have an errant shot. There's, I don't believe there's anywhere in the rule book that needs to, says you need to warn someone. It's common courtesy for safety reasons. If, if you have an errant throw that you think is going to hit somebody, maybe you give a yell out, but I don't believe it's anywhere in the rules, but it is a safety issue. I could understand if. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. if that approach were taken. But also, if you're in a situation where your tee box might somehow get an errant drive, it's still on you to be paying attention. No. You know, you can't you can't be out there oblivious. Mm. I mean we've seen plenty of people get hit by discs for years. That we're paying attention. That we're paying attention, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I again the debate will rage on uh, th- those are two of the probably most discussed topics. I feel like sure. right now, rangefinders and and earbuds and have of some core uh, of some years. Yeah, I just I think of so many different ways that there's you get a similar result that may not be something physically in your ear uh, that may or may not then come across as fair. And I I think mm-hmm. of the talkative players. I <laughs> I get a lot of talkative players. Um, you know, when you're out there playing and, and, and I think it sometimes can depend even on who's on your card, right? If you have, if you have a high profile player on your card and then two or three other not so high profile players, that high profile player probably has to sit and listen to a lot of other things that get said, <laughs> right? Like yeah. a, a million questions get asked, things of that nature. It, there, there's a lot of different ways uh, that I think you could look at it. And I'm not, I'm not completely dismissing it, but. Um, I just think it's it's very complex is a good way to point, is a good way to look at it. Darren says, one earbud is good. Like I said, so I put the one earbud in my good ear, and my yeah, right ear is essentially deaf. <laughs> I'll be the first to stroke you, bro. <laughs> yeah, you will. Anyway, uh, Cap and Moist Beard, I'm, I'm not sure uh, to, to what seriousness, but said, Terry about to sweep the Special Olympics for being deaf in one ear. No, no but let me just, as a quick backstory, uh, the there's I'm good friends with a number of gentlemen who are part of the deaf uh, the Wisconsin um, that have either taught at or uh, helped out at the Wisconsin School for the Deaf. In fact, I helped put uh, baskets on their course, and the deaf disc golf community in the Midwest was was thriving uh, significantly and really a, a a growing group of guys that were that are incredible. I still know a lot of them to the day to this day around 2005 through 2010. Mm-hmm. And they very much encouraged and said, I'm eligible to compete in um, their deaf national championships. I say there because I didn't consider myself as part of that club or as part of that group because I have the majority of my hearing. And again, they could argue, we could all argue about uh, what was what I didn't feel comfortable as I would have been at the time in one of my peak areas of my career of playing career uh, almost a thousand rated and then seeing uh, largely what the competition was just ratings wise I felt like it would have even if I was fully accepted and okayed it felt it didn't feel right um, going to compete in their deaf national championships Uh, I would have been uh, a a favorite by a lot and I 
<laughs> and that's not the only reason. I I just I don't. Although I'll jokingly mention my lack of hearing in my right ear because it's not something I'm. What if you put a noise mad or offended about it? <laughs> um, but it's not something I really lean into in any other serious capacity, and I have garnered no other uh, uh, advantage from. Uh, in any other capacity. It's also why you can always notice why Terry's on the specific side during interviews. Yes, I am always on what would be just like here, even though we're wearing headphones in this case, I'm always going to be on the uh, my right. And as you're looking from a camera, uh, I would be on the left. And that's 100% by intention. Coffee on Corban has a hypothetical. Uh Uh-oh. A player's first rating after their first tournament is 984. Okay. Should he keep playing MA1 since for his lack of experience or move to MPO because of his rating? I mean, was was the 984, was that a typical day for them? It's a little subjective. It's 100% subjective for that reason. I personally think, given this scenario, you stick playing with MA1 for a few events. If it's your first tournament, I think you should... I mean, did did you did you win MA one? Because nine eighty four isn't always winning MA one. Not necessarily. We, you yeah. know, we're seeing some maybe low thousand rated. I think you should probably stick with MA one for a few events, and at that point, kind of take take a look at your history. Do you feel like, oh, I'm always shooting nine eighty four? If you're always shooting nine eighty four, then maybe you might want to move up, get a win. Learn how to win because you know we've heard it from numerous pros that you could be a 984 pro, but when you get in the position where you're in first or second place and you're chasing, that's a totally different feeling. Make it sure you understand all the rules that you're playing, all the etiquette. Get a couple events under your belt in amateur before you play open. That's my particular take on it. Even if you know what, I don't care if you came out and shot a thousand rated your first round, your first event. It don't matter. I think MA1 is the right position based on experience for at least three, four events. Yeah, and I, I was going to follow that up and say, did you did you shoot a 986 and a 982? That's how your rating arrived at 984, kind of proving where that consistency came from? Or did you shoot a 1,020 and then whatever you'd have to shoot to, to negate that? I don't know, 960? Uh, 940? What, I mean, you do the math. No, you know what I mean. Uh, how did you arrive at that? That may or may not. I, again, one day. That that's just too small of a sample size. In general, I feel like uh, unless something was just wildly, you know, you hit every possible putt and you played out of your mind, or you played absolutely terrible for you know thirty four out of thirty six holes, and that's how you arrived at those ratings. Uh, one day is just one little snapshot. I don't know that necessarily defines anything, but like Johnny said, it wouldn't be crazy for you to go play another event or two maybe to see if that's roughly where you level out at um, and if you're comfortable with that. And and then you have goals as to, yeah, I want to learn how to win. I want to learn how to play under pressure. Or um, have you been practicing so long just not playing tournaments and now you feel like you're ready for the you know for the big time? Well, he said, uh, it was a typical day, and I did play more MA1, but my rating tanked to 956. So you probably I was did the right thing. <laughs> by far the highest in the field. Well, so you did the right thing. Yeah. You did, I mean, is what it sounds like. Yeah, I believe Because if you're down I, to I 956, that, doesn't, that tells me you're not MPO 
material yet. Bound or caliber yeah, at the moment. 956 for local may get you some bottom caches in, in MPO. If, yeah, if depending you're sitting, on your local field. Yeah, yeah, depending on your local field. So uh, MA1 is probably where you belong for at least a little while. Uh, that would be my suggestion. Now, you could counter, as everyone else does, and say, but I play better when I play with people that are better than me, maybe, which maybe statistically isn't really uh, often true. No. Um, but if, if, <laughs> And if the best players in the world always did that, then they'd never, uh, they'd always just play worse. And statistically, that doesn't happen. But everybody says that. I play better when I'm around better players. Mm, you could learn more. You can. 90-some percent of golfers, I feel like, say that. Sure. And that might, it might be true. I think stats would tell you otherwise. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't think you have any stats to back your stats uh, I do, because I once brought this up with Chuck Kennedy, <laughs> uh, because I was so sick of hear people uh, hearing people say that. And then I've always said, great. What does Ricky do when he's the highest rated guy on the card? No one says it has to be the same way for every person. Uh, th- but most golfers, that's my point, though, is almost all golfers, I'll go from most to almost all. So I mean, I play better when I play with better players. So you, you don't how think, often have you heard that? You don't think that, a million times? I, I know we've had this discussion. <laughs> you don't think that Ricky has more of a competitive drive to, when he's playing with Paul and Simon versus when he's playing with you and me? If if we played a tournament, you and I got into a pro tour event. It was you, me, Ricky, and Captain Moistbeard. You don't think that you don't? <laughs> You're questioning his skills. I, I am. I am because I assume his name is Kevin Moistbeard. Um, you don't think that there is maybe a little more competitive drive in Ricky? Now, again, I've always said that's internal. That's that, what that's, I would. Yeah. That's on Ricky. If if Ricky can't play his best game with three schlubs, then that's another thing. But that also is is it mentally tougher for him to play when he's shooting? Seven, eight, ten down, and we're all shooting eight over. Is that meant? Is that tougher for him mentally to to be able to sit and wait longer than he would if he were playing in a more flow like state when he's playing with a Simon and a double G and a Paul? A hundred percent. It's not just the fact that you know somebody on my card is better, so I'm playing better. There is an internal competitive drive for people, and I'm not saying that it's right or wrong because I believe everybody. If you're a good or a top pro, you find something to do to make that drive for you. But not everyone is that way. So if I were to say, and I don't necessarily say this, that I play better when I play with better people, cool. That may be that that might be a hundred percent true for me. I, I I agree that you first of all you have to find a way to what whatever yeah. your yeah. get it's, get your go to get you fired up. Yep. To play better, good for you. And if that's playing with better pl- people, playing with worse people, if that's internally... Yeah, some people might say I play better with worse people because I feel more confident that I'm kicking their ass. Uh, but rare. my point is, you nine out of ten players will say, I play better when I play with better people. And then, let's just say every one of our pros says that. Let's just say they do. Okay. Or believe that. Then why do I see someone tank and shoot 12 strokes worse than the leader on, a, on the same card with them? Because you don't, because you don't always do it, but everyone yeah. says that. That's, a, I think, the part that annoys me so much is that everyone says that and believes that, and the stats say well, otherwise. Don't, you don't always play better with that. That would indicate. I don't, anyone, I don't think anyone says they always play better, but if but the word is I play better with better players. I don't think is 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 a is necessarily the wrong thing to say. Now, if, anytime you put 
a a major extreme i always or i never it's that that is hyperbolic and and no one is truly you should not hold anyone to that just like it's kind of the way people say i literally fell off my roof today like no <laughs> you, you probably didn't, really didn't you know no like, literally is a little different but uh, I don't when think you're so. talking people, about literal use some people literally say literal all the time Terry. <laughs> oh, i know <laughs> and it's not don't, literal. don't think that don't think that i don't notice it <laughs> so i believe what you know using the same the word always and never it's the same as as literal to me i you don't i will i will i will circle back with one chuck kennedy who i had this discussion with a few years ago uh where he he essentially proved that that's not the case and that might and and that's statistically it might not be the case you're right but the funny part is how many people believe it and utter it and say it and it's like it's and and this and and here's where now now i'm thinking back where this stemmed from is the major discussions that took place regarding feature cards correct and and things of that nature and people talking about competitive advantages or not with feature cards and thankfully that ship has largely sailed even though I know that that argument will get drudged up on any given day uh, every single year till the end of time but that's where this stemmed from is the conversation about people feeling the advantage of feature cards um, and I, I just, I remember Chuck running the numbers and us having a very frank conversation about like, it's not what so many people think it is, but it's funny that so many people claim that, well, I, I always play better when I play with other players or I play better when I play with better players. Th- that also gives you almost some indication, like the trajectory of your rating would be nothing but an incline. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you extrapolate that out and really think about it, I I play better when I play with better players. Well, you're always playing with better players in some capacity because you're getting better, so you should be playing with better players. There's people that have sucked for twenty years. Yeah, us. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm gonna move on. But if you if you if just just I, I understand. Think back for a moment when you've said that as a viewer, as a listener, and you've thought about it that or you've believed in that and uttered it, and then like. Really think about if that's what you do, or are you just more excited to play with better players, or are you, or is there something else you're attributing this to, or you're looking like something else to latch onto? But if you play better with better players, in theory, your trajectory of your rating and your golf success not necessarily should largely be going up, not necessarily, almost indefinitely. No, 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 no. You're, you're. I think you're looking at it wrong in that. You think that people are going to progressively get better versus there is a ceiling and a floor. I play my best golf when I play with better players versus when I play with a uh, if, if I'm a if I'm a pro player and I'm playing with rack two, I maybe don't play my best golf because of whatever. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're playing that you're always playing better, but maybe your cap is ten twenty. I play a lot of ten twenty golf when I play with good players. As opposed to my 980 golf that I play when I have to play with the racks. So I, you don't necessarily always continue to get better, but playing better golf might be how you feel. Because maybe you... How again, you feel. I've, again, I've said, you're mentally weak if that's, if that's your I case. I agree. If, if you have a problem playing with other players who don't play as well as you and you can't perform... 
then you're then you're you shouldn't plan on winning any tournaments because your theory you're going to be better than them all the time that that too you are a you are you have a mental weakness you need to address on the course if you think that playing if if playing with people who are not as good as you or significantly even significantly worse harms your game because it shouldn't in theory you should walk up to every shot and and execute and it shouldn't matter whether that was five minutes between throws or one minute between throws if it's one minute you've probably hit a lot of trees so anyway we'll drop that it's an old comedy we haven't we haven't ha- rehashed that in like a year or two, well, hazy dude says it's funny that people think feature cards play better than someone on day two from the 10th card shoots a course record mm-hmm. all right um Coffee says, I've, I've just accepted that I'll never be a touring pro and should just prep my girls for Junior Worlds. That's also a very uh, uh, astute observation. And uh, if numbers serve us right, yeah, it's probably your better bet. <laughs> if you just look at the numbers, there can only be so many world champions, right? Um, and it may not be in the cards for you unless you just play with better players all the time. I'm still holding out. I might be a touring pro. <laughs> yeah the masters tour I'm you're you're I, waiting to hear what Callie's plans are that's right i'm looking and if at they're that big MA, enough i'm looking at that ma60 oh wow that's a ways off well, I, listen you didn't say when i just feel like if Callie's plans are big enough for next year's masters tour I got a lot of and the purses are guaranteed enough could we see you hit the road and mm, so deep they're paying <laughs> <laughs> Terry, I, I think I'm, Callie I'm not, would have to be I'm, running something more lucrative than a winning lottery weekly to, to be deep enough for you to be there. I, again, I'm not going to lie. We played this weekend, mm-hmm. and after my second hole or after my second throw, I was like, "Ooh, my elbow's sore." <laughs> like, I ain't. You're ready for the tour. I ain't fooling myself. <laughs> the I, sore elbow tour. <laughs> sore elbow tour. I have uh, got to get something looked at. How does Schwebby keep doing it? Um, he keeps winning. He's good. Eh. I get. I mean that that's one way to go about it. Get, just get good. Uh, as the kids say, get good. Uh, unrelated, of course. Cold turkey registrations open. You'll hear me plug it at least for a couple more weeks or until it fills. But cold turkey is taking place uh, the two days after Thanksgiving. All advanced divisions and all pros play on Saturday, November twenty fifth. All other divisions play on Sunday. Overall, it's more than halfway full. Uh, there's 144 total spots for the two days. Uh, as I just mentioned, they're split up. I know it's already half filled. It was registration open last or night. Or is it half empty? No, it's more than half filled. So it's less than half empty. <laughs> Depends how you look at it. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yes, I want to welcome everyone. Uh, I know we have a lot of regional listeners as well. Hopefully you saw Cold Turkey is now available for everyone's fun and registration needs and and if you can't dedicate all day saturday or all day sunday to come play i'm gonna again bring back the cold turkey flex start where you play two rounds of nine at the red fox course so that you could come get in in like an hour and a half or two hours or less and then your day's complete there too and that's also a pretty good bang for your buck so cold turkey all on disc golf scene yay (laughs) yeah Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV, where we give away a prize every single week to our Patreon supporters. If you would like to be a Patreon supporter, it's as little as a dollar a month. That's $12 a year. That is some phenomenal, phenomenal value. 
It is. You so can good. support Smashbox TV. Without our supporters, it would be a lot more difficult for us to keep doing this podcast week after week after week. I just get sick of Terry. I need to be paid to be around Terry Miller. So thank you very much to our Patreon supporters. We have 132 people eligible for our giveaway this week, just like last week. What is... Are we just going to give away a disc this week? Just to find yeah, I've got some stuff. And uh, our winner from last week, I sent him an email because we didn't have his address. Nope. I sent him an email and he said, hey, uh, I don't think I received a Patreon disc, even though he's eligible for it. And that goes hand in hand with the fact that we don't have his email or his uh, his mailing address. So I'm going to make good on that as well. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, clearly when we put tell out. Him, yep, tell him to go in. <laughs> exactly. Yep, we sure. put it out there and said, hey, if especially if you're at that $3 level or above and you are entitled to a Patreon disc, please make sure you update your Patreon account just to, just to give us your address. That way we can guarantee that you're going to get the Patreon disc when it becomes available and we release it and send it out to you for free. So he oh. said he hadn't received one and I'm like, oh, well, this is all adding up. You didn't receive one because we don't have your address. And he, I'm looking right now, even though he is at the level for he receiving is, a free disc, he is signed up for a different, mm. different tier, which is probably why he somehow actually got filtered out. He signed up for just the early access and giveaways, mm. and even though he has set the three dollar level, I thought I was able to filter that so it's proper, but clearly not. So, so Johnny effed up is what Joseph we're Thomas. In fact, Joseph Culp as well. Please go ahead and make sure your your address is in there. Um, any other ones? We've got we got uh, Tumo doesn't have his in there. Eli Bowman, please put your address in if you're listening to this. Thank you. Those those guys are the ones are yeah. all at the three dollar and make above sure that level. you're getting what's what, getting what's getting good for you. Make, make sure we have your address so we can send that to you. But anyway, now I just resorted it. I had it sorted by first name, but now I sorted it by uh Ooh, I like it. By Patreon amount you're giving. By how much so. you're our favorite. Yep. All right. I think the very first number you pull is our winner tonight. Our very okay. first number. All right. So we're gonna do our very first number right here. Between 1 and 132, our very first number is 26. So it's going to be one of our uh, lower Patreon givers. We spread the love. We do. We don't just give away to the big boys. Give away to the little boys and girls, too. So 26, that is Roger Shaw. Congratulations, Roger Shaw. You are a dollar Patreon. You've been a Patreon Patreon supporter for quite a while, Roger, since 2019. Oh, pre-COVID. Thank you, Roger. We'll uh, we'll reach out to you. We'll, Terry will get your address and whatnot. yeah. We don't have it in there. Nope. No, he's because he's only a dollar. Well, he could still have it. He in there. could put it in there. You're right, but he hasn't. Yeah, that's a pro tip. Let me, let me touch on this quickly. Three dollars and above, you're eligible and you're you're entitled to the free Smashbox TV Patreon exclusive disc every year at three dollars and above. If you really want to make our jobs easier <laughs> and have a better chance of your disc not only arriving but arriving earlier. Update your Patreon and give us your address anyway. I swear we're not selling it to anyone. There's no one that wants us to give it to sell it to them. But update us with your address. Put it in Patreon. It only gets used to in order to send you free stuff. So that's the best reason to have your address in there. And I know it may not require it of you at the $1 level. But if you are at that level, and because otherwise what that does is it, then I have to send you an email. Hopefully it doesn't get spammed, marked. And then you have to send me an email back saying for sure what your address is and it prolongs I mean, everything. If we just had your address, I'll I just blindly send it right out to you. I mark all your emails as spam, so don't worry, Terry. Good call. That's how you sh- should do it. Anyway, 
All right. Is there anything else we need to cover here tonight? Roger's the winner. I like it. Yeah, congratulations, Roger. Thank you so much. Uh, Ray asks, how much money are you getting on the podcast ads, Johnny? I always download both shows each week and uh, to give you a listen. It's not a lot. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'd have to take a look at what our most recent stuff. It's, It's literally... Less than the gas it cost me to drive over to Johnny's house. <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I would I would have to look for sure. Oh, uh, we, yeah, we need a gas a gas fund. Yeah, to drive over here. Mm. Uh, in I wonder why it doesn't have August in there. Hmm. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, oh, give me that money. In September, we made fourteen hundred. <laughs> Sec, S-E-K. Is that Swedish kroners? Swedish kroners, yeah. Because that's where the company's based That's where the company's based Or are you you hiding it in uh, some other bank account? Not going to lie. I might be hiding it in another bank account. No, just kidding. So if if we go 1,400 Swedish kroner, that was $126. Disc golf rich. Disc golf rich. Sweet. We're loaded. Yeah. We're I was going to say, don't here. spend it all in one spot. We're open here. We, we tell you stuff. We tell you how much Swedish kroner we make. It's too much. Uh, all right, guys. I think we are going to call it. Uh, we do appreciate you guys for joining us. We appreciate the guys from UDISC who are here in our regular show. Uh, as we said, we'll have Kelly on at some point, talk a little bit disc golf masters, maybe not just the 2023 season, but uh, likely we'll get a little snapshot or insight into 2024. I'm sure we're going to see some uh, shaking and moving in terms of sponsorships, along with some announcements regarding the uh, European tour and other golf internationally and some big announcement next week. Guys, we thank you for joining us. All of our favorite smashies out there, those that chime in on the board and those that just uh, come along for the listen and chuckle or yell at us (laughs) one way or another with your... They're both right. The question is, do you get some kind of exemption if you're listening to Smashbox podcast in your earbuds while playing that. Well, yeah, you're a lot that, that we've got pull at the PDGA. We make that the only, <laughs> the only in exemption. Fact, in fact, when you get on the first tee, they just hand you a, a podcaster with just Smashbox in it. Each, <laughs> each like, podcast. This should calm you down for the next four hours. <laughs> yeah, I would say, and each podcast lasts about the length of a, of a tournament round. Perfect. So, we're sad. Perfect. That's what we're here for. Thank you to all our supporters in any capacity. Uh, anytime you do listen or download any of the podcasts, please go ahead and give it a five-star rating or whatever on your podcast app. That obviously helps uh, as well uh, with a little bit of exposure. And we need all the exposure we can get. For Johnny, I'm the Disc Golf Guy. That's Podcast 477's After Show. We'll see you next week on Halloween night when you step inside the Smashbox. 